Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Hourglass with Isabella and Michael Corvus. And me, yes. And you. Always happy to be here. Today we're going to be talking about Bridgerton. What's a Bridgerton? Bridgerton. Bridgerton is a TV show that has been quite popular on Netflix, which is set during the Regency era. Although it's very, it's not really fantasy, but it's not historically accurate either. It has great. It's, it's a little of both, right? Because yes, it has great colorful costumes. It does involve some historical characters, but ultimately, it's meant to be a light-hearted, kind of fun period drama for people who are into that. Now, I had seen season one, which you have not seen. I have not. And season two just came out. You watched season two with me. Yes. For, I, I would say probably 85% of season yeah, two. Yeah, we binge watched the whole thing. I was on it every day, all day. I will say if you've seen season one and you're looking for a reason to watch season two, do it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really good. I've heard a lot of complaints of people saying, you know, it kind of starts out slow, and I get that. I understand what they're saying. But honestly, by the time you get to episode five onwards, it is amazing, in my opinion, better than season one from that point. And yeah, a lot of the characters from season one, including like the Duke and Daphne, like the Duke does not show up at all in season two, because they were like the main characters of season one for you, Michael, to know, but... No, no. Daphne shows up like as a guest appearance, so... I'm going to get the heads up. Spoilers here. If you've not seen the whole of season two, go watch it now. Go watch season one if you haven't seen that. And then it's tune amazing. back in. Mm-hmm. Michael, you're going to be watching season one. Here's yes. short, right? You thought it was good enough that you would watch it? Absolutely. I go back and do my homework. I, I, I became invested in these characters. There's a few I aligned with. And I do think it's a sort of show, if you're watching with a partner and they haven't seen season one, you can just pick it up from season two. There's enough new and different characters that it's not too um, dependent on the previous thing, if that makes right. sense. With a, with a little bit of uh, backstory and explanation, you can muddle through season two. Exactly. Without having watched season one. However, exactly. if you enjoy season two, go back and watch season one. So is- there are going to be heavy spoilers coming up here. So again... If you want to switch off now's the time, but if you've watched it and you want to talk Lady Whistledown style, the gossip, get your tea, saddle on up here and join us because we're going to be discussing all the salacious scandal. So, in the show, there is a character, as you know, who writes these kind of gossip columns. And we know for a fact at season two point, this is Penelope who is one of Lady Frampton's children. Right. And everyone else doesn't know this. It's like still a hidden fact, but we, as the viewers, have become aware of this. And mm. like her embroiled plot, and she's starting to actually ruin, in my opinion, a lot of people's lives. She's kind of like the equivalent of like a Tumblr opinion blog in the modern right. day sphere. Right. They're like this anonymous, you can write what you like about you everyone. write what you like without any... Immediate consequences. Without any consequences, because it's anonymous. Immediate right? Immediate. consequences. And I, but I will say there what I like about season two is yes, that she does have some consequences here, and they're very. To be fair, they're very short-lived. But the fact that she hurts her friend, like her very best friend, you know, is kind of to me a very sad thing. 
Because throughout the whole season, like, I mean, she's obviously her friend is part of the Bridgerton family. And uh, they've been, this Eloise, and they've been friends the whole time. And I get the whole plot line is that she's meant to be protecting Eloise by calling her out in this uh, opinion blog type scandal paper thing. But in reality, it just ends up really hurting her. And when Eloise discovers that Penelope is Bridgerton, as she finally figures it out, that scene where they have that confrontation... Featherton. Oh, it's fireworks. Fevington, right? Lady Fevington's daughter, Penelope. It's absolute fireworks. It's like, that was the most real thing. Yeah. That was just... It was it was beautiful to watch, you know? And of course, there's the addition of these new characters. You know, I will say... There are, there are some really good new characters in this. There are, so, so, so the the the, uh, the person that's publishing these things, which uh, for for the person just tuning in that doesn't know anything about this and is not concerned, and maybe about it's spoilers, despite the warning is listening. Yes. Right, you know, it's like, oh, what the hell is this thing? You know, it's like whatever. Uh, so, uh, Lady Whistledown uh, is uh, someone who is that's a pseudonym or pen name. Right, it's a fake bloom. name she's using. Right, that she's using, and she's publishing things uh, horrible about things. The, like the, the the scandal and the gossip of the, of the day in the the, the 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 royal court. Or and they the, distribute the, the, it in the, pamphlets. The and the, the, they uh, distribute it in pamphlets. Yeah. So it it very much is like an opinion blog type thing. Um, so uh, she's going on and doing this, and the queen. Is in fact quite interested in who well, this queen person hate, is. I mean, you know why, right? The queen hates it because she feels a lot of it's gossip and slander against her, and so all mm-hmm. she's trying to do is figure out and uncover who it is to figure out who's talking shit about her, essentially. Oh yeah, well, but, absolutely. I mean, I understand that. Uh, now, again, I, I myself have not watched season one, but I understand that there was a, probably a huge investigation. There in was season in season one. Well, no, she was. She was. She basically got Eloise to try and find out who it was, who is one of the Bridgerton daughters, and that failed, she wasn't able to figure it out which she has figured it out now and of course it ended up being, guess what, her best friend who was talking shit about her and everyone else the, the, the Featheringtons, not, yeah. the, not the Bridgertons no, yeah, so, but she the Penelope is daughter of Featherington, she's best friends with Eloise Bridgerton who's the mm. daughter of Bridgerton yes. okay. so, my new favourite character in this, without a doubt has to be Kate Sharma. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Can yeah. we just... Oh, I'll agree with that. Can we just appreciate... Because, of course, we've got, you know, Anthony Bridgerton, who's the, the heir to the Bridgerton fortune. He's looking for a wife in this new series, and he's kind of lady hunting, you know, and he's going around taking these eligible young women to figure out which is the one he's going to marry. And every season, as you know, they have something that's called the diamond. So the diamond the of the season, Queen, right? Queen yeah. Charlotte will pick the diamond of each season, and it's the most eligible young woman to be married. And in this instance, it's not actually Kate... It ends up being her sister, Edwina Sharma, right. is the diamond in this. Uh, Ed- Edwina's the diamond. Uh, in, uh, you know, uh, and in the previous season, which Kate. I know you haven't seen, mm-hmm. Daphne Bridgerton was the diamond who ends up marrying a duke who is so, not so in this that, particular like season. The select all the, the queen has, you know, put her, uh, put her like seal of approval on this person. Yes, this is the person that is to be wed to the most eligible. So it's kind of like the Bachelor. It is very bachelor-esque. Kind of like the bachelor, yes. right? Yes. 
Um, so then we get this character, um, uh, this Bridgerton uh, character, uh, Anthony Bridgerton. Yeah, he's the which, a, he's, which, a, which he's his, not the heir. That's wrong. He's like what is he's like the no, he's, he's, he's head now of the head of a family at this point. Yeah, because his head father's of family. dead. Okay. Again, spoilers. Okay, you had your opportunity. Dad's dead. You know, well, Dad yeah. was dead in the previous one. To be honest, was he? Yeah, he was dead in the other one as well. He died. In fact, we didn't really show you his, like, his backstory like they've shown you now. It's like an anaphylactic shock. Yeah, he got stung a by thing. a bee. Wasn't that shocking? It, yeah. That scene actually Literally. scared the shit. <laughs> You're funny. That yeah. scene scared the hell out of me. I did like, because it goes, it's a, to see such a strong man felled by such a small creature, and it's true, like... Right, and you, I, I think it psychologically damages uh, Anthony as well, Oh, too. yeah, because there's a scene where Kate gets stung by Okay, well, you know, no, no, but before you go yeah. into that, so, so, so Anthony is, like, the cock of the walk, uh, you know, yeah. he's, he's meant to marry somebody, he's out, and he starts uh, pursuing... He's out in society uh, for the season. Right, he's, he's pursuing Edwina... Uh, but Kate... Right, she's the other, is, she's the diamond. Right, yeah, well, Edwina's the diamond. Yes, uh, and but Kate's he's the older sister. Kate's the older sister, but she's also kind of the gatekeeper uh, to keep him, to keep anyone, to make sure the most eligible people approach. And of course and, we're missing a key component of the story, though, is in the very first episode, before he even goes for Edwina, in the very beginning, he is out riding his horse and comes across this beautiful woman horseback riding and she's dashing through the woods going across the fields jumping over hedges she's wearing this beautiful cloak and she looks so beautiful he doesn't know her from anyone he doesn't know he doesn't her from eligible. Adam and, 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 but and he takes chase it's like that he kind takes of chase. hunt very you know. predator prey dynamic yeah oh yeah he goes after and not, not in I will say not that term could be very negative He's a, not in a negative way he takes chase to her in a very he's very interested way and she is very playful and returns it isn't like an unwanted exchange like predator prey would be like right yeah she's no, no, it's no, more no, like predator no. predator perhaps yeah. is it exact you <laughs> predator know. predator you know yeah. peaceful, peaceful predator strong, amongst violent prey yeah of. she's kate is a strong minded woman who knows what she wants she's an intj in the myers briggs she's right. very intelligent she's very you're right she's a gatekeeper for her young sister edwina she wants to save their family fortune situation so she's looking to get her sister married off to someone good you know who will love good, her best, and help pat, uh, best possible best match, possible match. Uh, matchmaking know, societally speaking and also uh, emotionally speaking right because right? their mother was shunned from society she went to India and married a bookkeeper a clerk I believe was out of love it was, it was a, a love match. It was a love match. But as that didn't to... go well in UK British society. So they, the family then come back and the grandparents like, well, we'll forgive you and restore you to the fortune if your daughter marries well, which is talking about Edwina, because um, Kate is actually not the biological daughter. Of... Right, she's adopted, right? I didn't actually no, she's learn not, that no, until no, like... No, dad, the dad is... Um... Is that what it is? Is yeah, that the I, correct I, thing? Yeah, because I know they're not biological I, I sisters. Part of that, there's I thought it was like maybe a child from a previous marriage no, I, I, or something. I think, I think she was a dot. I, I don't know the, the full Well, whatever reason, what we do know is they're not biological sisters, but they still do love each other very much, and they're all a very loving family, despite the father being dead. And so they just come over to England to make the best of it and try and restore the family fortune, so to speak. And honestly, they're doing a great job of it, but the chemistry... 
absolute chemistry between Kate and Anthony Bridgerton is just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh I it know. It is pant-webby. People complain... It's palpable. People complain there wasn't as much sex in this one because in the last... I know you've not seen it, but the first season of Bridgerton is this, like... Horny, non-stop sex all the time. Sexy scenes. Well, and and who doesn't like that? No, a really. lot of people. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people did. This one, what I think they did even better is they built up the chemistry. They took their sweet time with developing these characters' personalities and building up the tension, the genuine, true chemical tension between them. And my God, when they finally do end up consummating. Spoiler, when they do end up fucking, it is such a beautifully done scene. Well, it is so believable. You feel like you're there and you're just cheering them on. Like, finally! They're finally getting their shit together and consummating, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, in, independent of the fact that he And also, sorry for the swearing in this one. Uh, he, you know? he, he proposed uh, to her sister. Okay, so she's the gatekeeper. He be- yep. ends up being, like, the bane of his existence. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but there's such chemistry there between the such two of them. Such chemistry, it was it's tangible, al- almost almost to the point where it's. Did you notice I, how he would like inhale the air around her? Oh yeah, and he'd, I like your that. scent. He's like, I remember your scent. I've been holding it with me for days, and it's so strangely alluring to watch. When are you going back to India? Because this is the only yeah. way it's going to work out between me and your sister. Yeah, because so, so, he like, doesn't want ever because he's so in love with her. No, yeah, he, he's he so is. in love with her, he's and they're both man. madly in love with each other. But neither one of them him. get their. Okay, sorry for the swearing, but yep. you know, yeah, no, one of them I'm on get it their too. shit together. It takes forever. <laughs> so, so it takes her literally getting knocked out. She falls off a horse. <laughs> plot twist: whacks her head in. He rescues her. He rescues her, and she's in a coma for days or something. After, after okay, yeah. So after, and then he gets shit together, is, and she's like, "No." This is this is <laughs> after. Okay, so he's at the altar with her sister, uh, and the sister she, jilts him. At the altar. Right, right, because... Which is she's runaway bride. She she's runs runaway out. bride, but necessarily so, because... Uh, well, she know, sees the connection. Her, her sister, so, like... Um, well, you saw the scene with the bangles, Ed, right? Ed, Ed, yeah, right. Ed, so, Ed, Edwina and um, um, Anthony yes. are, you know, being wed. Yeah, in front, and it's the queen has planned this wedding. Has it's a really big deal. There are, guys, there are peacocks... There's fireworks. Oh my god, when the fireworks go off prematurely. And Kate, oh god. <laughs> the sister is standing behind Edwina. Oh, Kate's the camera wearing... work is exquisite oh, yeah. this scene. Kate, She's slightly bangles. blurred out, but you can see her. But you know his focus is all on her. Like he tunes out the priest, he tunes out. He has a whole everyone. fantasy moment, but I don't know if it's a fantasy moment. I actually think he had a vision where it was just he and her getting married because when he was looking around, he's like, Oh, what happened? Suddenly it was just her and him alone in the chapel. In, with in no the guests. chapel with no one else or whatnot. And then when she does cause she keeps she's like fingering the the bangle and touching it and holding it, and when it drops off of her arm onto the floor he's like bam he's down he grabs it he, he drops everything literally forgets to get for, forgets reciting his vows yep. forgets whatever the hell he the just priest just said it's like here let me help you and that's when the sister starts figuring out it's like oh my oh, god oh Ouch. oh Ouch. oh, oh my god wait he's actually in love with my sister uh i can't do this and she runs off there's a whole oh my god scene that altercation the scene between 
the two sisters when she confronts her, it's like, are you in love with him? I, oh my god, I was I was like hiding behind the couch. It was so emotionally intense and real. And and I think the writing in that was it was one of the, and what I do like about this show is the emotional aspects and the feelings are so true to how human beings actually behave in these situations. Yeah, we found some parallels oh, even be- God, be- between, be- between us. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so, so if I have anything negative to say about season two of Bridgerton, okay, yeah, uh, it would be that it was unrealistic and all too realistic. I guess, and and I, That's I, I will yeah. I will unpack that. Unpack it because I will I will say it's like you've got these two people that we, uh, which are you know uh, you know non non diegetic entities of the story. Okay, so we're outside; we could see everything that's going on. Okay. Uh, we know that they're supposed to be together. We know we want them to be. Even. How intense they are and how passionate they are. Okay. And so I'm looking at this, and there's like this almost moment, and then pull away. Almost moment, and pull away. Either he pulls away because of some sort of principle, or she pulls away because of some sort of principle. And I'm like, get it, get over, get over yourselves. Just get your shit together, and 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 whatnot. So that happens like two or three times, and I'm. Oh, it's push and pull. It's it's a push and pull, but I'm like. if you would both have a conversation with each other, this would be easily understood and corrected and fixed. Okay, so that that that's me observing this as an outsider, a non-diegetic uh, entity to the story, right? Right. But I also realize that when you're in the story and you are just one singular point of observation, when you are her or him or somebody mm-hmm. else. You don't see all the parts of the puzzle, and you have to realize, okay, sometimes you have three or four near misses, uh, or three or four near catastrophic uh, emotional events, before you realize, yeah, this is my person. Right. And it takes, and I think you and I actually experience this in real life, sometimes it takes difficult moments in time, sometimes catastrophic moments to realize, or, or even parts like how many times did you and I say goodbye? Well, she says so many times she's like goodbye in fact there's one great scene where she's like goodbye and then literally turns around and they start making out passionately and it's so real because you'll turn somewhere no I never want to see you again go away and then they come back and you embrace and you hold each other and like never fucking let me go yeah. and that's that's real love in a way like that's the real chemistry going on it, there it, it is but th- there's also when you are when you are in, involved with that real kind of uh, chemistry uh, sometimes your natural instinct is to say, "Get the hell away from me!" Oh no, because you're so scared because you know you can really be hurt. It, it's it, yeah. Oh, right. you and can when you really love someone. It can never be possibly reciprocated. Yeah, and, and the repercussions if someone does leave you or abandons you or or jilts you, you know, the pain of it's so much more extreme. And I am glad he didn't actually get married to Edwina because that would have been unfair to her as a oh, character yeah. and Kate would have been miserable even if she moved across the seas and, and she just would have been miserable now, well as we... he said you couldn't go far enough away on this planet right and it would be yeah exactly indeed that's exactly let's let's wear this is a great one for the culturist let's talk about the costumes so I love I love me some period dramas I'm a big fan of them and I love my historical costumes 
I'm a big fan of the, you know, 1800s, specifically 1880s. That's why I love shows like The Gilded Age, mm. which from our previous podcast was about. I love some bustle gowns. You know, the Regency era has never been one of my favorite particular era. You know, for I think for the gents, it's oh, very it's flattering. Not, very dapper. I think it's less flattering for the ladies. I th- and his, his. Or people who wear dresses. But I will whatever. say, because of Bridgeton and shows like Vanity Fair, you know, even books like Vanity Fair, I've become a lot more appreciative of the Regency shape, the, the thing. And I think it's great. I think it's a great maternity style. Like yeah, the Empire pregnant, waistline. The Empire waistline. That's the waistline that sits right below your breasts. And so instead of an hourglass figure where your stomach would be kind of like narrowed in, your hips are wide and your breasts are wide, this is like your breasts, and it was very dependent on that full kind of bosom look, but then it's straight down, almost like a ruler, like straight down. And I think some of the gowns are absolutely breathtaking in Bridgeton because they're not going for historical accuracy. Like they have these scenes where they have the girls in the corsets. No, they weren't, do- they weren't, oh my God, they have these full on like, Edwardian looking corsets and that's not what they were doing in the Regency era, it's just historically inaccurate entirely um, what they were doing that's even weirder and a strange fact that they don't show in Bridgeton that I will tell you guys about so they had some really weird fads in the Regency area of their clothes, the girls would wear these empire waistline gowns and a little lot of muslin was used at the time very popular, mm. but these very white kind of just- Cloth widely around gowns. wrinkle with the slightest glance. Yeah, so what they'd do is they'd go into the balls and they knew because they wanted it to be more figure fitting, right? Because it's a very just it drapes straight down, so it doesn't do much for any kind of figure, to be honest. That's just how it sits. And so, what they would do this was natural fad in Regency era is they'd take like buckets of water and stuff and they'd throw water on themselves so that the gown would if it think about if cloth is wet it hugs you more it fits more to your body so these girls like they pretend like they're just oh it's just caught in a shower outside in the rain in england and they'd be dripping wet in these gowns they'd go well reality you know it's no rain outside and everyone knew it was like a fashion fad it's a whole thing and actually my it's a funny fact my grandmother told me about this fad she actually grew up in india and um her family they grew up on like it was like a um british uh military post there that they had at the time of course the you know the british empire was very much involved in you going back especially during this era like vanity fair in fact that's why i really like that they brought in the indian heritage into this particular season of Bridgeton I thought was really well done and very much appreciated. Oh, yeah, um, the, the, the the sisters are both... Yeah, yeah we didn't cover that, but oh, yeah, there's any people yeah. that are listening to this have watched Well, they, I think it's people have seen it yeah. at this point. If you're this far and you're not, you know, you're, you're brave. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they'd Julie have to turn back now. strange yeah. fashion fads. Of course, they'd cut themselves in water and then they'd catch pneumonia and be freezing cold. And there's this... Um, beautiful scene and in fact they had this thing called the punch magazine which was a victorian um magazine where they do these cartoon skits of how silly victorian life was and make fun of it kind of like memes are today and they had one in the 1800s 1860s specifically so if you know the 1860s they had big crinolines so really wide hoop skirts like crazy big wide hoop skirts and it had two women in hoop skirts and they're standing in a museum looking at a Regency portrait 
of their relatives in his regency gowns, and they're like, ha ha, how silly our grandmothers look in this portrait with their silly gowns. Can you imagine that? Well, they're wearing these ridiculous crinolines, is the whole point of the cartoon. Every, yeah, Sticking all the way out, everything cyclical. is cyclical. And I thought that was such a, such a funny, like, period costume drama joke within the system, you know, and so beautiful. Who, who was, uh, okay, so... We've got um, five minutes, so anything. Well, okay, it's so, so easy a, a hero, it's, it, yeah. you, you take, a, you well, take I'll, a, I'll, you a, think. a moment or two to, to educate me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Will Mondrich. He was probably one of my favorite characters of season two. He was the boxer that owned the bar. That he didn't warmed. get much time. He didn't get uh, much time. Was he time. more prominent in season one? Should, I mean, I'm going to go back and re- rewatch this, but like he's somebody that I gravitated towards. I liked his. His my. You want to hear my theory about it? So he's the chap who owns. Um, he buys this bar, and his character previously is a boxer, and he's mm. coming to his own fortune. And he's very handsome, and his clothing is spectacular. I, like, I will say, the wardrobe choices for him are marvellous. Um, but I believe why they've entered into that, because he gets into this relationship, not romantic relationship, business relationship, with uh, the new Featherington. Um, God, mm-hmm. what's his name, though? Oh, the the, the one that's like Tony? scamming people? Is it Tony? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, uh, God. The one that he's in love with, Portia Feventing, the mother. Uh, Jack. Jack. Okay, cool, Jack. You're right. You are absolutely right, Jack. And so he enters into this relationship. My theory, and we'll see, because I know for a fact that Bridgerton has been renewed for several more seasons to a point. Yeah, there's a rumor it's 11 seasons, ladies and gentlemen. So hold on to your Bridgerton hats because. We're going to be getting a lot more about this. I think we'll do At one least. of these each year type yeah. deal as it kind of comes out. We'll talk about it, which will be a fun thing. And it's nice to talk about lighthearted stuff, honestly. But going back to the costumes, because I really want to wrap this thing up, is that some of them are so beautiful and some of them are so fucking outlandish. Like, it's not just the shapes. The shapes and silhouettes are correct. It's the materials used, like, and the garish colours. And I know they've done it on purpose. Like, an example is Portia, the mother, um, Feverington. Mm-hmm. Penelope's mother. It's just like, and Penelope, for that matter, they dress her in such un... And I know it's on purpose, because it's, it's a show that the family are kind of garish and very gauche, and they don't really... You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they dress them consistently, even in the first season, these bright lime greens... Um, hot magenta pink obnoxious bright almost neon oranges and they always put like lemon yellows and they're just so all the colours and it's not just one of them all of the family and the sisters it's so garish to look at and you know it's done on purpose you just know it's done on purpose whereas a lot of the other characters have very much more understated subdued colours that are very becoming and so I think we talk about Gilded Age in our last podcast Mm, the 1800 show but they have got some very garish costumes for the new money versus old money in New York. Okay, so I it's kind of like your, same... your, your clothing is a badge for your station. Yeah, it's yeah, and I think it's also meant to be an, it's a sign from the costume designers in these TV shows to say it's more than just 
the way the characters are acting, the way we're dressing them indicates their personality. So if they're kind of like obnoxious or garish, we'll dress them in garish colors to emphasize that fact. So that whole family are kind of like just brightly dressed to the point where it almost gives you a headache looking at them. Some of right. them. And the fabric, of course, the fabrics are on this here. It's a lot of sequins. Like, if I had a brick in my hand and I lace. could, like, you know, clock any two characters, it would probably be uh, Antony and Will if I were to, like, steal their wardrobe. Oh, I'd, any of the men's wardrobe in it? Uh, no, not any. Oh, with the exception of uh, the younger, Anthony, Brid- not the Anthony's, youngest Bridgerton, the second Anthony, uh, Anthony's um, brother, where's What's that? his name? He's the one who, oh, Penelope, the... Penelope's love interest. Right, you know. Uh, he, was, he was a big part of season of the, one. The, 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 the powder blue Oh, he wears this there. powder blue jacket, and That's it just is so, un- it's not, it's so unbecoming for him. I agree. It doesn't work with his character. He's a really nice character. Benedict Colin, was the artist, Colin, Colin, yeah, Colin, Colin was the other brother, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and so the point and he is, seems like a nice chap. But I, I just don't like, want his wardrobe. I feel like for him, it's meant to be he's just this younger, bright character, and that's they didn't just use the bright fabrics, and of course, why it's historic inaccurate. They've got all these sequins and really sparkly, glittery grounds, which I think enhance. Like if it had those materials of time. I believe there is a chance they probably would have used them. Uh, but we have the luxury now today to, so it's enhancing our imagination in the music. We see a lot of, you know, they use like Wrecking Ball. Right, you know, yeah. They I use a lot of modern songs like, uh, in yeah, both seasons. The uh, um, string quartet, uh, they do a lot of like covers. Yeah, they did great. So they used a lot of modern songs, but made them sound old fashioned, which worked out really well. They've taken these Not old like clothes, Westworld. but mod- they've, exactly. They've taken exactly, and they've taken these old clothes, but modernized them. And it's not just the bright clothing, the interesting modern music mixed in. It's also the use of flowers, like the the amount. Like we talk about, we were talking about wisteria. You like those a lot? God, yeah. Yeah, and how they hang so beautifully. One of the most iconic things, I think, that made Bridgerton so popular, even in the first season, was the Bridgerton household is covered in lavender wisteria all the way down the front. And they use flowers so poignantly in every estate, everywhere. They just cover everything to excess with beautiful foliage and flowers and decor that it makes amazing. And the parties, they take modern stuff. They're like, yeah, we're going to use aerial... Um, artists like very Cirque du Soleil and Lyra and Hoop and ribbon dancers and they use the a, a rotating quartet rotating yeah. quartet and yeah. we're gonna take all the stuff I would actually put into my events is the irony I loved that they used all of those things that I love it's so much it's a nice much. blend of like you know um, you know Modern, modern. Sen- that's what modern I think and past sensibilities and aesthetics drawn and together, and that's it's what I think ultimately. Bridge. That's what I think ultimately. Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> that ultimately is what I think makes it so beautiful, makes it work so well. It does. So I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would, but but I, I loved those uh, those Roman statues, the hand painted. Uh, figures. I've actually done that, friends, where your body paints on you, pretend to be a statue. So we have beautiful. A few of those and the in ice. We have a silver one and a gold one. Yeah, and, and they... the ice sculptures, which mm-hmm. of course uh, were traditional. They did have ice sculptures back then, the bank stuff and the fireworks, which they had as well. But implementing all of these different things. The, in the first season, we have girls in the bird cages on the swings, and there's so many cool little things and fire spinners and all of these items coming together. You know. I really enjoyed this season. Me too. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I'm really looking forward to watching the first one. 
Uh, yeah, so I... now that you know that, you can go back and see the romance of the Duke and Daphne, which is its own controversial and interesting topic unto itself. We are actually over 31 minutes, which is great. This is so easy to talk about. It is. So it is. fun. Well, well, we'll do another one of these. Hell, we we might do one on uh, season one when yeah. it's all fresh to me. I might even have one on season one already existing. I'll go back and look, and we'll have a look-see. And if it's not, fine. we'll absolutely knock one out. But, in, but, but in closing, if anyone wants to go and get Will or Anthony's uh, wardrobe from season two... Coordination and, and send bring it to, me, to Michael... Um, that would be fine. Those would be the two that I would want. And <laughs> whose dresses would you like to have? If I could take anybody's dresses from a show, if it was season one, it would definitely have to be Daphne's. And if it was from this season, Edwina's. Because, mm. Oh my god, I oh loved god. her wedding gown. I know oh she had to god. run away as a runaway bride, but that wedding gown was. It looked oh, good while wow. she was running away. Wow. It looked real so good. Pretty. While she and was of running course. Away. We have to give credit to Queen Charlotte because she's in the classic 1700s, very Marie Antoinette, and there's giant wigs. I thought for the actress, although that must have been so heavy to wear. God, I, yeah, you know what? I, so I hope she had a neck brace because, god damn, that's easily 20, massive. 30 pounds. And of also her supporting hair. cast, her court of ladies, they all had the big wigs too. That must have been really painful to wear through filming. So if you're listening to this and you're an extra in that, kudos to you. That looked painful. Um, but <laughs> We appreciated it greatly. So yes, without further ado, we are going to be making new podcasts. We actually have some interviews coming up this week. We do. It's God, no yeah. longer just Michael and me, you know, as a solo team. We're going to have people that are... Yeah, famous people that, and stuff. They're like. famous and more interesting than me. I don't know about them more interesting you're, than you, but you know, uh, definitely most, more interesting than me. You're the most interesting person I know. Oh, well, yeah, you're very kind. But without further ado... Yes. Go ahead. Do your bit. Come check it out. We'll be hanging these interviews this week. Be yourself, Virgie. Good night and sleep tight. Mm-hmm.